Hey everybody, welcome back to Modern Geekdom. On this week's episode, we're talking about Infinity War. Because of course we are. What else would we be talking about? Stick around. Julie, do the thing. Modern Geekdom. Are you pondering what I'm pondering? I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Modern Geekdom. Would you kindly shut your noise hole? Exterminate. All systems go, Michael. Give it your bottom. Uh, hell with it. Modern geekdom. Alright, this week we're talking about Avengers Infinity War because of course we are. We saw a movie. <laughs> we saw a movie. We went to the cinema. Oh. <laughs> Just like half of half of America, apparently. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this movie's gotten a huge turnout in its opening weekend. And it needed to, because it cost a lot it of money. Dev- yeah. 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 I mean now, do you guys know? Did they shoot? I, and I only ask this because I I feel confident that they shot both Infinity War and Avengers Four at the same time. Thus, that budget probably envelops like both movies. I like how you're asking this question when you are the most likely one out of the four of us to know the answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I'm hoping that one of you guys had heard it. You know, because here's the thing. Like, and this is a perfect lead-in. I just wanted to give you a hard time. Because of the fact that Avengers Infinity War was originally supposed to be one long movie, and then they were like, okay, well, we'll split it into two movies. And then they decided that they were only going to call the first of the two movies Infinity War. And then we're like questioning whether or not they're even going to make the second part, whether it was going to be part two. Was it going to be just another Avengers movie? Or what was technically happening about it? I mean, there was so much uncertainty surrounding this film for a number of years that we had no idea exactly what was going to happen. So I'm going to throw this out right now, and I'm going to say that assuming that it's not going to happen because it's most likely already been shot, I'm pretty but sure I think they're missing a giant opportunity in Avengers 4 not bringing the Fantastic Four into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's that's yeah. actually been brought up a lot over the past couple of uh, at least the last Fuck few you months. Fuck you for bursting my bubble, then. Well, not it's it's not been like the biggest it is a part completely of completely original thought. No, <laughs> yeah, right. Nobody has ever thought about it before. No, I, it was first brought up when <laughs> Spider-Man got brought over for Civil War. Every because everybody was like, oh, they brought they were able to bring back Spider-Man to the MCU. Are they going to be able to do the same thing with the Fantastic Four? Because that was the natural, you know, next progression would be to bring back the Fantastic Four, since it seems to be a failing franchise. You know, huh, uh, why not bring t- it back? Multiple failing seems franchises. to be, isn't it? It is a, it is one hundred percent a failing franchise, as evidenced by the fact that both people that have played the Human Torch now play other <laughs> characters in the Marvel in the Cinematic MCU. Universe. Yes, good point. But it's just like when they when Spider Man. What, you know, was first introduced in Civil War, it just became, okay, are they going to bring back the Fantastic Four or are they going to merge the Fantastic Four into the MCU? And then if they do that, maybe the X-Men? But they'll never bring the X-Men into the MCU. I mean, that's... that that I say never. It's, it's highly unlikely that it'll ever happen. Isn't it still pretty far from it happening, even if they could legally? They're still... I mean, I don't know. I thought well, I heard something about that, that it's it's still taking a while to, to take care of the legalities with it. Well, no. I mean, technically, all they would have to do is exactly what happened with um, 
Spider-Man is just to come up with a contract that says we still technically own the rights to these characters. You have, but it doesn't matter because the X-Men were owned by Fox, and Disney is isn't Disney buying Fox Entertainment? Maybe that's that's not a hundred percent yet. That's the hope is that that will happen. That that Disney will acquire all of Fox's entertainment licenses and properties and stuff like that. Yeah, and then Hugh Jackman can come back as Wolverine (laughs) because he doesn't age, and it'll be amazing. Yeah. It'll totally work. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it would be great if they could somehow figure it's out all how to. all beside the point. Yeah. yeah. It'd be amazing. I, I would absolutely love it if in, like, what are we in, Phase 4 right now, going into Phase 4? If, phase 25. <laughs> yeah, if in, like, Phase 5 or Phase 6, because they, apparently they have plans all the way out to 2025 right now. Once you get a little bit more into the 2020s, maybe by then things will even out with uh, potential to the X-Men being part of the MCU? Because seriously, like once we get through all of these movies, at the end of Avengers 4, and I know we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves a little bit with this, but Chris Helmsworth's uh, contracts will be up. Uh, Chris Evans' contracts will be up. They're not returning. Um, it's all right. So they can got- bring Natalie Portman back and make her Thor like they did in the comics. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Something, you know, so I mean, there, there's there's going to be a totally lot of change cool and stuff like that. It would be absolutely fantastic if, since we're not, no longer going to have the original Avengers, which comic book-wise is no big deal because the Avengers kept getting swapped in and out anyway, why not bring in some of the X-Men, at least Wolverine? Yeah, because he was an Avenger. Yeah. And it and here's the thing, too, is like it, you don't have to use any of the currently running X-Men characters. From those films just you know the actors rather the actors just bring in the characters so it doesn't have to be you know any of the actual x-men the current one so as interesting as this is (laughs) let's let's get down to business and talk about infinity war because there's a ton of topic to go over let's start everybody like it yeah we're we're getting it we're getting into speculation way before we even talked about the first movie yeah, this is true. I mean, this movie, this movie's. I, I personally loved it. Loved Ty, it. how about it. you? Saw it twice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely, yeah. Uh, I, I really, really liked it. Uh, borderline, borderline loved. Um, it's, uh, you know, I talked to a friend afterwards who hadn't seen it. And he says, "Is it clunky?" I'm like, "No, it's not. It's, it's so well balanced." I thought, you know, just yeah. uh, you, you got, you got everything you needed from the characters. Basically, you know, there wasn't, there weren't a whole lot that I, I felt shortchanged on uh, that at least were in the movie. Um, you know, I really think it was, it, it was a kind of a monumental feat of writing to have that much firepower and not just have it, the whole movie wasn't just bang bang punch punch and and all that either you know yeah, so. it wasn't like throwaway joke one-liner you know quick snippet throw a punch i, I, I think it's i move think on. that isn't as impressive as anything else that yeah able to make a I, movie with that many people and big huge characters big famous actors and and have it as nuanced as it was yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, you know, there, there was, 
the the it's hard to put into words the amount of balance that's actually in this movie. And, and and the reason that I say that is that it's so multi-layered. Like, not only is there balance in, you know, screen time for the characters, but there's balance in the story and balance in the action mm-hmm. versus passive sequences. And there's yeah. balance in the, you know, real time versus, you know, history that's needed when you bring in a, a villain like Thanos. Um, it, the, 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 it's... It's balanced on so many levels. Balance in the um, dialogue and the humor. Yeah, throughout it's, it. it, it's perfectly balanced, it, just like all good things should be. <laughs> yeah, I mean that there are literal highs and lows um, with some, this movie. Some they'll get and you like the lows will just they'll get you and they'll hit you hard and you're like. By Whoa. the way, just to kind of get it out of the way, if you haven't figured it out already, we're going to talk about the movie pretty in depth. This is your spoiler warning. Um, yeah. If you haven't seen the movie and you're listening to the podcast, go watch the fucking movie, um, <laughs> and then come back and listen to the podcast. Yeah. But this is your spoiler warning at eight minutes and thirty seconds. So, which yeah, n- now we're going into specifics. Go I, w- I was also thinking about this too. This is this might be the most um, spoiler heavy movie I've ever seen in my life. That it's like I was watching the original Avengers on TV for a few minutes the other day, and it's like I, I was having a hard time just watching it at all <laughs> with my wife in the room who hadn't seen it yet but you know yeah. without reacting to seeing any of the characters because it's just there's so much yeah well and, yeah. And, and this movie doesn't disappoint like from right off the bat like my absolute favorite thing about it and and i don't mean to like denounce these characters or the actors who play them or anything like that but the sheer fact that they start off with the distress signal from um from Asgard, from the Asgardian ship being under attack and stuff like that, and that's a brilliant place to start. But not only that, in those opening sequences, you lose like two really loved characters. I mean, you lose Loki and Tom Hiddleston, which needed to happen. I will definitely say it needed to happen. Loki needed to be dealt with at some point. Yeah, but he was, and right there in the beginning. But, but then, can we talk about the fact that that they they almost went with Loki as like a redeeming storyline. You know, it's it, it's not like he was you know being an asshole and got ended. He it was it basically, you know, he was going fighting about fighting was... alongside of Thor. Yeah. yeah. At the time that he was ended by Thanos. Yeah. And it and to be fair, like that needed to be the way it happened too because of the way that Thor Ragnarok ended and this picks up immediately after you couldn't have Loki try to side fully with Thanos you know try to get back into his good graces or anything like that because that would discount literally everything that happened in Thor Ragnarok and I I feel like the filmmakers were smart enough to realize that audiences would remember Thor Ragnarok and the way it ended and how Loki and Thor were on good terms at that point and in a good place. And that would have been a massive disservice to the fans if Loki had all of a sudden just stabbed Thor in the back right then to yeah. save himself. So it, it really played well. That right. No, I, I yeah, I think they did a, a great service by way of the character to yeah. to have and that the, be And the, the actor, too. Yeah. Because I think like it's the, Tom Hiddleston being the main reason why that... It, character has lived on for this long is mostly due to tom hiddleston and the fans loving tom hiddleston like we just all loved seeing him play that role 
it, it was a and great so, role, a great villain when he was a villain, and he did yeah. it perfectly. Yeah, which oh, which brings up Idris Elba and Heimdall because I adore Idris Elba, and it pains me to think that he didn't have nearly as much screen time across all the Thor movies. Yeah, as I would have liked to have seen, but again, he at least had a good send off. Yeah. Right, and I mean that's that's two big deaths right there. Yeah, and he, he Elba, did an important thing too. So yeah, he did. Yeah. He he did two massively important sent things. Sent the Hulk back to Earth. Yep, he sent Hulk back, and even before that, in Thor Ragnarok, he he saved Asgard. Or well, the people of Asgard. He was the main reason why the people of Asgard escaped, you know, the destruction stuff like that. And so it it was a great send off that he was able to really stick it to Thanos and send. You know, Hulk home as a warning. I love that, but uh, it just it's again, it's one of those things where they did it within the first few minutes, and it just gets you right in the chest. You're like, oh, yep. this is the way this movie's going to be. Okay, all right, <laughs> let's let's do this. <laughs> yep. Um, I mean, you literally settle in there and go, oh, it's it's on now. <laughs> literally, nobody's safe at this point. Because I mean, granted, yeah, okay, Loki and Heimdall are not the most important characters. But if they're willing to kill off characters that early in the movie and like fully enjoyed, appreciated, fan loved characters, if they're willing to do that that early, yeah, somebody else is going to get destroyed later on. You just knew it. No, probably. I, I mean, I think, yes, well, in the it's comic, a comic book. It's yeah. a comic book movie. Of course, there's ways that he could be brought back. Yeah, it's whether or not they will with the MCU. In regards to the MCU, I doubt it. And for the most part, like they probably won't simply because it's not to have to write up new contracts for Tom Hiddleston and Andrew Selba. Like they're just not they're not going to. I mean, they they've done those films. They've they've played those characters. It's time to move on. But that's why I appreciate the way that they sent them off too. Is is being meaningful. That's the like one that. thing that's bloated about this movie: the contracts. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, the contracts, and wow. I mean, just the cast in this is incredible. I mean, just put this many fantastic actors together. Ke- Kevin turned to me during the credits. He's like, "You go through like forty names before you start recognizing who they are." <laughs> the end right. credits. Like, yeah. It's yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> Wow! Just, just go on IMDb and start scrolling down the list from name one, which is Robert Downey Jr. You could scroll down quite a ways before you see a name I, that you don't recognize. I think it would be interesting if, if in the credits of these movies now, in, instead of doing it, you know, by alphabetical order or order of appearance, depending on how they want to do it, they should they should put it in there by level of paycheck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which they might have for this one. I don't know, but it, it started off, and I remember thinking this, like, why did Chris Evans get first credit? I don't understand why Captain America because, gets half the Because he's he Captain McGuffin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe, but he was first. That's all he and then it's And then it started to feel like they went alphabetical, but it wasn't, and I don't know. It's just it's just funny, so I have no idea what formula they're using. No, it's because Captain McGuffin needs to be up there up the top. <laughs> the plot Probably. cannot move forward without Captain McGuffin. <laughs> Speaking of which, we should move right into the conversation about Captain McGuffin because that is one thing that when Aaron, when we were sitting in the theater 
it, like we as soon as we walked out, it was like, yeah, dear God, like it, it just, ah, just come on. I like like I'm just not a huge fan of the the character uh, in general. It's it's like he's the leader of Earth's okayest heroes. You know, like that's kind of the way I look at Captain America. <laughs> uh, well, I like see, Chris Evans, uh, you know, but. Yeah, I, I, I don't mean to make this like a Chris Evans bashing session because I don't think he does a bad job with the character. I My problem is with the character himself. Yes. Because it, it's not... It, so, Captain America is not a superhero. What he is, he's supposed to be basically like... <laughs> Chemically engineered. Know, the the, the, uh, the, the pinnacle enhanced. of human evolution, really. Yeah. <laughs> like... He's a he's a bioengineered super soldier, but he doesn't have superpowers. He's not like it, it just the the uh, well Batman is just as much a McGovern uh, of a McGovern as for McGuffin. the, the hey, DC that yeah. Who won in that sprint between uh, Captain McGuffin America the, and Black Panther? That's no <laughs> neither. They they both leapt at the same time and started punching people what, at the same time. What a race. Yeah. <laughs> but all right, sorry. The, it's okay. The, my problem with with Captain America ultimately is that I, he just seems to be given the benefit of the doubt with regard to his powers. When well, he did I, punch I mean, Hitler. Okay, <laughs> fine, like and and that's great. But the you know like you're telling me that he can sit there and and you know withstand a punch from Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet. With what at the time? The Power Stone, the Reality Stone, the Five, yeah, yeah, yeah. Time Stone, the Soul Stone, and just his massive fist. Like, <laughs> dear fucking god! Like, yeah. this is the guy that just laid waste to the fucking Hulk with two of the three of yeah. those, and it, so and Captain America sit and, like stops his fist. No. Like, it, it's just, it, like, he should have been tossed aside like everyone else, and the movie would have been better for it. Tossed aside Th- like, the ones we liked, like the ones we like better that were tossed aside. <laughs> there, there's no reason for him Still love the movie. to have to, to stop the fist of Thanos, other than with his face. And yes. Yeah, it, it's it true. Just, his beautiful, it, bearded face. Which right. his beard and hair like, did look incredible. He it was a great. He looked awesome. You know, like I said, I'm I'm not. Uh, this this is not well, no, a Chris he, Evans bash fest. He does a great job with the character, and and he's subject to however the script is written, like any other actor. But at the the ridiculousness of it, even within the realm of a comic book movie, it it just it yeah it forces me to to come out of that suspension of disbelief yeah yeah i mean like, War dude, Machine... you are not overpowering somebody that just beat the hulk to a pulp yeah like he well, he is not thor he's not a god he's just a super strong fucking human yeah. and it it doesn't work yeah, I mean, look what it like just just before that happens too in that end fight sequence he thanos almost crumples war machine yeah. To uh, like a tin can. He basically. Th- Which is totally fine because he's yeah. like a fucking. He, 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 and I apologize can. for cursing. He, he's, <laughs> he, he's a handicapped dude in a can. Yeah. <laughs> and he just. Like Thanos flings Falcon across and he, he basically does the exact same thing right. to how many other characters. 
like uh, including Groot, oh. just uh, as they're you know charging him, and Groot is extremely strong, even in his teenage years, quote unquote, whatever those are. He's he's got to be as strong, if not stronger, than Steve Rogers, relatively speaking. So yeah, I, I see your point totally. I, it just it's it's one of many things that bothers me about Captain America. Like I I. I He's he's never been a favorite character of mine. I, he's I've not never the had he too get much of an interest. The more angry he gets, in, right? I, I I've never he's never been able to keep my interest, and it is what it is. You can say that I'm just a Captain America hater if you want to, but count me the, in the list. Some of the, the some is. of the feats that he is portrayed as being able to be capable of within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, especially within this movie, I just don't make sense even within the realm of their you know drastically you know exaggerated physics all right i was just thinking of something we were talking about punching his face uh (laughs) thanos kind of uses the gauntlet like an iphone or or any kind of like you know device like that (laughs) like he has like the different stones are almost like apps yeah because they they, like light up when he uses them yeah yeah that was an original thought while we were going on about Captain America. <laughs> All this gauntlet talk, you know. Love yeah, it. I'll give it this. So there was there was one. Speaking of the gauntlet, there was one continuity error thing that did come up that did bother me. Only after the fact, not seeing it in the theater, but after the fact, and that comes down to, like I loved in Thor Ragnarok that Hela dismisses the gauntlet that's in you know, the Asgardian vault as being a fake, which was great because that it's something that had shown up in the original Thor movie way back when in the background. So they addressed that. But it it becomes problematic because then how the hell was there even a mock-up of the gauntlet way back when in the vault with the stones in it, apparently? I don't know. I'd have to go back and check. Until this movie. <laughs> if they didn't create it bef- just almost immediately before the movie, yeah, like we have no idea. It could be that. Well, it see, was here's the one thing that I would say about before, that. But... Right, is that we don't know the time frame of when he yeah. got, when, of when it was created, like because they had no reason to travel to. Uh, what it's not Vormir, it's, it's the other one. Yeah. Um, but they had no reason to travel there to make a new weapon because it yeah. didn't matter. So whether or not Thanos showed up there, you know, 10 minutes before Thor did and, you know, had him form the gauntlet or whether it was, you know, a thousand years, we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, literally, you know, Mjolnir was forged, you know, eons before that because obviously Hela had it before Thor did. And, you know, we don't know what that actual time frame was. Just like for the record we don't have any fucking clue as to what the actual timeline of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is. This is true. Yeah. But it's just so, one of those things that if they made the effort to go back in, and I loved that joke in Thor Ragnarok when she just dismissed it. It was a great joke. Yeah. It was a great call out for the audience and the nerds who actually <laughs> spotted it in the first movie. You know, I mean, it was just brilliant. But if they were going to do something simple and little like that, you'd think that they would have at least mentioned, written it in the script. Like, for example, I love the fact that in the beginning, when they all came together at the Avengers building, um, they mentioned what happened to uh, Ant-Man and Hawkeye, that they were protecting their families. Like, they were off doing something else 
protecting their families. That's what they needed to do. That's why they didn't want to call them in or something like that. They no, they said they were in house script. arrest. Or that, too. <laughs> but still, like, well, but it was just like they couldn't have just gone and rescued them. They couldn't have just pulled them out of there and brought them in or something like that. They wrote it into the script that that was the explanation as why they weren't there. You know, all it would have taken was that one little line of dialogue, that little, you know, half a second of dialogue that just said, I've been wait like, uh, they couldn't have just said like, these people don't have actual powers. They're useless. (laughs) Yeah. But if like, (laughs) if Peter Dinklage's character, his name is, is eat tree. If, if he had, if he had just simply said, love that guy, you know, it's been yeah. I've been He's alone for yeah. year. For, I've been alone for a decade, or I've been alone for countless years, or whatever. At this point, no, I'm I'm convinced that they just don't want to actually put a time frame on it. Maybe they don't. Yeah, I don't know. But if it had just been that, like that entire argument would have been gone because they would have just been like, oh, well, absolutely, he he'd have done that years or decades ago or something like that whatever it's been hundreds of years he could have said centuries i've been alone for centuries or you know thanos destroyed this place more recently but that's because we only finished the thing more recently or whatever it was something but they just didn't address it and it was just one of those minor details but yeah, it could very easily be that they don't want to put timestamps on some of these things just because it would create yes new conflicts and paradoxes. Well, and it's already a th- huge I, thing. I, I think it's yeah. completely reasonable that they don't because it, it makes it easier to not have continuity errors. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're still talking massive amounts of interstellar travel. Like, I love the fact that Thanos has the ability to almost travel point to point in instantaneously like it's not exactly that like you see him just kind of like fall backwards into his whatever that you know dimensional traveling thing that vortex and then step through it and out of it on the other end his little purple so it's obviously yeah so it's obviously not that's as a result specifically of the space stone yeah (laughs) <laughs> but, like, I love how they, they have those he abilities. And then, of course, there's, again, the, uh, you know, the Rainbow Bridge that, um, that, uh, that obviously, uh, Thor has the ability. Come on. At the, the end Bifrost. of the film to, like, Bifrost. Again, the Bifrost, thank you. Um, Rainbow Bridge. That's what he called it. That's the, that's the other name for it. It is called the Bifrost, <laughs> but that's the other Bridge. name for it. But yeah, like there are other ways to like travel across the the universe near instantaneously, which does since, help for like timelines and continuity and whatever else. But since we're talking about the Bicurious Bridge, can I um, <laughs> can I say how awesome it is that uh, Thor basically has the ability to, to control his own Bifrost now? Yeah. Yes. With Stormbreaker. With That's Stormbreaker. Fucking amazing. Well, he is the Lord of Thunder. <laughs> and can can I tell you actually it, even beyond that with Stormbreaker I I want to say how freaking remarkable it is to me and and amazing just because it ties him into the rest of the universe uh that Groot created the handle for it love that yeah. that's in the comics when I well I I'm not it's actually not in the in the comics the, in it, the, a, the, which one it was a the stormbreaker weapon actually belongs to beta ray bill but that's a whole yeah. other conversation oh, I don't care. Beta um, ray bill. 
but <laughs> the I I when I first saw the toy of Stormbreaker, I I was like, why the f does it have such a weird fucking handle? And then I saw the movie, and I'm like, that's awesome. Go like, <laughs> go yeah. go tree. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it's it's super cool. Yeah, Stormbreaker's brilliant. It's supposed to be more powerful than Mjolnir, and you know so many other things. It was awesome to see that pop up. There were so many other little things in this movie that popped up. Um, the Red Skull popping up, that was cool. Yeah, like that was just awesome. Not a big Red uh, Skull it, guy. It, I, so. No, but I mean, if I hadn't been in a movie theater, I probably would have laughed out loud at the fact that <laughs> you got Peter stuck Dinklage there. was a giant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, and he was a giant I, dwarf. Like, and yeah. this has nothing. This is nothing against Peter Dinklage. I loved the fact that they used him for the movie. I love yeah. him as an actor. I think everything that he's been in is hysterical and and amazing. Um, I, the yes, the the fact that I I particularly love his portrayal in Elf. Um, <laughs> but we're not going to go there. Um, the, I, I thought it was absolutely awesome when, when he showed up on screen and he's gigantic. I'm yeah. Like, yes. An absolutely yeah. enormous like. dwarf. <laughs> and he is, and, and that's just it. He's known as the dwarves. Yes. You know, he's he's awesome. one of the dwarves. He even, he mentions like 300 dwarves were on that ring alone and they all died. And so he's a dwarf. He's just huge. <laughs> fantastic. I love it. It's brilliant. That whole sequence Go ahead, Ty. We may end up being able to being you know, like just saying the same thing. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I was gonna say that that whole sequence um, was actually like one of my favorite parts of the movie. Like just that entire sequence on, uh, you know, whatever the hell that planet was. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I can't think of it now. Peter Dinklage's um, planet. <laughs> right. <But laughs> that whole sequence with the the restarting of the forge and. You know, Thor. You know, opening up the the iris of the thing and withstanding the 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 you know power of a of a star. Like, I mean, it just that's amazing. And and that's another thing with, with that. Like, this dude stood in in direct in in direct hit from the power of a star, and Thanos kicked his ass. Yup. And and yet Captain America can fucking hold back his fist like fuck you Captain America well, like yeah. you are you are not cool like <laughs> fucking Captain MacGuffin now, like now what do you guys think of of Thanos as a villain or just oh, I a, love Thanos or, or as basically is the, the main him. character of the whole movie he he was. Yeah. Yeah, Gamora. An emotional core. An emotional core to a giant purple titan with a scrotum for a chin. You know? <laughs> the the yes. jokes that is uh, about it brilliant. Josh Brolin did an excellent job. Oh god, he really did. He did. Yep. His voice and just I mean, just what a performance. Yeah, he did full motion capture and he did all the um, facial expressions just for it too. The, I mean, what amounts to the apathy that he shows in the, in the remainder of those sequences outside of his connection to Gamora, yeah, it, it was perfect. Yeah, 
Well, also, I really appreciate the fact that, like, when he recognized um, a couple of the other fighters, like, obviously, he had respect for Tony. Yes. Hope they remember respect, you. but he knew who he well, was. At that, well, it's not just that. I, I kind of feel like he did have respect for Tony after fighting him and, and Tony being able to hold his own for as long as he did and whatnot. So he kind of felt like, you know, like he was saying, I hope they remember you. I hope they understand what you did. You know, like, that's respect right there. He knows that he's going to destroy him, but... He says, Stark, you, you have know, my yeah. respect. I hope the people of Earth will remember you. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like... Yeah. They made... In the comic books, Thanos was always an evil bastard. He would go out of his way to step on somebody if he had to. Whereas yeah. Thanos in the MCU, he had a mission. He was not going to deviate from it. He he felt like he was right. He felt like nobody he, else understood what he knew. He definitely needed a therapist. Yes, I, but he wasn't technically evil. He was he, just in his own mind. He had a purpose for what he was doing, and it was the right yeah. thing to do. Yeah. Well, it, you know, one of the best parts about Thanos, I think, with regard to this movie, is that, you know, yeah, he's had he's had brief appearances before in the lead up to this movie. Obviously, in the in the previous decade, you know, since they started putting these movies out. Yeah. But but I think they I, I think they went ahead and put the Thanos stamp on this movie in the first five minutes just not only having him trash thor and kill loki but just completely annihilating the hulk yes like yeah i mean just with a couple of really i mean just really owns the hulk like not even you know yeah obviously the hulk gets some blows in there but it's you know it's the equivalent of you know (laughs) it's the equivalent of like an amateur fighter you know against mike tyson like he just he completely just yeah he scares the shit out just, of him to yeah, the point where he doesn't nope. want to come back out the rest of the movie yeah right uh, something <sighs> about Thanos that I, I really liked about the movie is his uh, his little group there the Black Order yeah I thought yeah. Uh, I thought those characters are great I thought they were played really well I uh, who's the one I really liked Ebony Maw Ebony Maw yeah and they yeah, had some great that, that whole I, that whole sequence between him and Doctor Strange was just oh, awesome, perfect. Yeah, and d- and it, I really like Doctor Strange. Absolutely, I I I really like that whole that whole section of the movie right there. You know where they're you know that where that ship is leaving Earth. They've they've kidnapped Doctor Strange. Spider Man's there. I love the calling. Uh, you know I love Tony's calling for. Uh, you know. 17a which is the iron spider fucking suit yeah yep and uh, like that is so badass i love like, i love the f- <laughs> i love the phone call as they're leaving the atmosphere and it gets broken up i love yes, that phone call with pepper like just those just little details cuts out, like it's, yeah it, that's awesome and it wasn't even like, just pepper I, it was also friday friday cuts out dude i love it I as much as I love Jarvis and I love Vision as a you know the embodiment of Jarvis, I I, I, love, Friday. I love Friday. I do appreciate I, Friday. I love too. Friday way better than I love Jarvis, <laughs> and it's not you know it's not to take anything away from Jarvis, but Friday is such a better you know Google Assistant for lack, <laughs> for lack of a better lack of a better you know metaphor for it. Um, it's just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then you get the whole sequence with with Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and and Tony inside the ship 
And then it comes to, you know, basically my favorite line of the movie where he's like, I'm Peter Parker. I'm Doctor Strange. Oh, we're using our made up names now. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> And, and the look, the like, the, it's one of the best things in the entire movie. The look on Benedict Cumberbatch's face when, when he says that is totally the look of Jesus fucking Christ. How old are you? And, and like, the simpleton in I me don't know. just goes, "But his name is Doctor Strange. Literally, it's not right. made up." I'll give it. Okay, which one's better, that sequence or the sequence when it's the Guardians oh. and? You know, Doctor Strange and Iron Man and Spider-Man all on on um, Titan, and they're trying to discuss a plan, and and it's basically, uh, it's it's basically Star Lord and Iron Man trying to come up with a plan, and the other two are off to the side. Mantis, they're off to the side, not paying attention at all, and they just say some random shit, and you just see Tony's face, like what. The fu- what are we so when they when they say that about plan sucked, we're, his we're definitely or something like we're that. definitely going to talk about Star Lord because I have a whole lot to say about Star Lord. But it's just but that sequence I where I will one hundred percent give the top sequence to the Spider Man Doctor Strange interaction right there. Yeah. Okay. I still I still think that that whole Mantis and Drax having like ignoring them with what's going on <laughs> and then trying to say we're taking ass and giving names. <laughs> I, I love, giving names and taking yeah. it was giving names and taking ass. I, I love Mantis <laughs> and Drax. I, I think they, and Tony's I, I think face Mantis was a fantastic addition to the Guardians. Yeah. Of the, Galaxy the two of them. Oh, good lord! It was two. brilliant. Well, also considering yeah. the fact that she pretty much had Thanos defeated. Doing yeah. what she was doing. And then, well, then Star Lord was an asshole. <laughs> and fucking killed half the universe. Yeah, we never would have had yeah, to hear. You it's Star Lord's fucking fault. Watch him disintegrate the, the, and apologize. The entire, the entire killing of half the universe is Star Lord's fault. Yeah, and and he should have to bear the weight of that guilt, assuming he gets brought back to life. Yes, which he will. Because it was all his fuck fault, you, dude. It was something like, Andy Dwyer would have done. Right. <laughs> who gives a shit about one person? You had Thanos defeated. Yeah, they literally had the gauntlet coming off his hand. You are an asshole. Yeah. It was off his it, hand. Yeah, it was he off. had to grab it. Was it. Full on off. He, he was completely incoherent. Star Lord smacks him in the face, and he grabs the gauntlet back from Tony and Peter. Like, fuck you, Star Lord. <laughs> fuck you, Peter Quill. Like. You are you are the cause of the death of half of the universe. Deal with it forever. Well, he's he's disappeared too at this point. So all the guard. Well, the, and all that's the his own damn fault. Yeah, and that's just it too. Is like so that that kind of leads into the rabbit <laughs> and the rabbit. I, I love lo- the fact that Thor kept calling him a rabbit. <laughs> the rabbit, and of course, Rocket had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> it's still funny. I think it would have the the only thing that I think would have been funnier, but it would have been way too on the nose, is having Thor call him a trash panda. <laughs> <laughs> and Starler would have jumped all over that, and be like, see. Uh, by the way, do you guys remember that? Apparently, Thor knows how to speak Groot because he, it was an elective. Yes, it was an elective. <laughs> yes, I loved that. I He's, loved it. <laughs> he speaks Groot. That was, it was an so elective fucking amazing. <laughs> 
was brilliant. God. And I have to tell you, like, I, I want to give major props to Vin Diesel. Because I think he is the most completely underrated actor in the entire series. Especially because voice actor. He, 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 the only thing he says in all of these movies that he's in is, I am fucking Groot. With a Wait, different I don't remember inflection. Wait, I remember expletive with it. <laughs> I, I, okay. All he says is, I am Groot. With a different inflection. Here I am clutching my pearls as you... And... He's group. by far one of the top five characters in all of the MCU. It was yeah. that what when he disintegrated and and him and Peter Parker. Those are the those are the tearjerkers. Oh, Peter's was a tearjerker. But I I, I felt yeah, an audible I wanted, gas. I wanted, I wanted to talk about that because I had I had three deaths listed out on my poignant deaths <laughs> underneath my various character deaths. That was I your other one Black about. Panther? It is, yeah. and the reason it's a poignant death for me is because it it didn't get nearly the emotional weight that I thought it deserved, and and I realized that I I got it. I realized that's I well see. I realized that the the movie was predominantly filmed before the release of Black Panther, which is why there were no rhinos. <laughs> right. So they yes. so they they didn't really have an idea of the response that Black Panther had gotten in the theater before filming those scenes, yes. which I totally get. But Black Panther's death is just, it it just kind of happens, and you're like, what the fuck? Because I can't sit there, even though I haven't seen it yet, I and I want to see it, it's at, the, it's at the top of my list of movies, and I actually am, am supremely disappointed that it wasn't out on video before this movie, just so that I could see it before i went to see infinity war um but i i feel like there was no emotional weight to black panther's death um that where it it deserved so much more um and and no go ahead i i what i was gonna say is just the the two heaviest deaths in this movie are number two is groot and number one by far is Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. And, and they like, milked that I, one. That was that was that was good writing. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's the the Spider Man death literally had me on the verge of like tears. Yeah, like, well, that, I, I was tearing up. I'm like, that oh. is like that is like tugging at my heartstrings, there, man. Like it's it, you know the the fact that he's like you know crawling up on Tony and be yep. like, Mister Stark, Mister Stark, die. like I don't want to die. Like it's just that that was that was rough. Like, nope. and then, uh, of course, you know, uh, uh, Rocket, who, uh, you know, if, if you don't already know, which is, seems pretty ridiculous, is, is voiced by Bradley Cooper. Uh, the, 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 the entirety of the emotional weight for Groot's death is encompassed within Rocket. Well, yeah. and they really set that up nicely in Guardians 2. You know, yeah. seeing this emotional side to, to Rocket, you know, and yeah, and, and you know him describing what was, you know, all, all that stuff, and you know, it just they did a great job with Rocket. They really did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and 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 really, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. He, he Rocket, Rocket in the first Galaxy movie was great, but he wasn't a really deep character. And then comes Volume Two, yeah, and you get so much more to Rocket as a character that it's it's. He becomes so much more integral to the plot. Yep. Can I say one more thing about Rocket, real quick? Yeah. 
what is Rocket creating with all these body parts? <laughs> I don't know, but I love it because that's a. I that's love the fact that he held thing. onto the eye. It is an and, ongoing. And I thing. love the fact that he goes <laughs> that that he turns away from Bucky and goes, "Yeah, I'm gonna get that." But I hope I really do hope to spare. Just to, yeah, to give right. to the uh, the pirate angel or whatever they were calling. <laughs> he's got all the sorts of body of parts laying angel. around. He's he's making something. Can I? Can I say too that I thought it was pretty awesome that Thor like didn't even think twice, just shoved that eye in his face <laughs> <laughs> and Rocket just tells him like like not I, even I totally questioning where smuggled it's from, that thing what out. it is, yeah. how he how he got it. Like regardless, Thor's just like, yeah, fuck it. I got an eye in front of me. I'm not, I'm not writing that fucker off. <laughs> yeah, that was a brilliant joke. I love. Well, see, here's the best part about that too is, we all knew after Thor Ragnarok that he lost an eye, and then you start seeing seeing the trailers for Avengers: Infinity War, and you see Thor with two eyes. I never noticed that they were two different colors in the trailers, though. But it's still to called into question, like, what honest, happened? I didn't even notice that his eye patch was off in the one scene in the trailer that I did. you see him without it. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, you, you have to, and this goes back to, you know, and I realize that, that people make YouTube videos off of these things and everything now, and everybody's paying super close attention. But I'm sorry, if you're just a normal fucking person, like, <laughs> you're not even seeing that. Like, yeah. you know, I... I, I I, yeah, but these I'm are the on same the edge people. of being a connoisseur, but I'm certainly not picking apart frame by frame. No. There were people, you got to remember, know, there were a, people a that trailer. with the, the original Thor movie, they noticed the Infinity Gauntlet in the vault on Asgard. And it was only in the background of the scene of, of uh, Odin walking through at the end. It wasn't prominent. It yeah. was blurred. But people saw it, they recognized it, they knew exactly what it was, and it became a thing. And so they addressed it in Thor Ragnarok. And so it's those little things, like, they just know that the audience, there's enough of the audience that's going to notice those little things that they try to do as much as they can with them. And going forward, you know that they're going to make a bigger effort to take notes and, and try to actually address all of these little things as much as possible because they know that their audience loves that sort of thing. Yeah. Or a good portion of the yeah. audience. I mean, that's, that was, you know, why you saw like him giving him the eye. It wasn't like Thor needed a second eye, but it was a great joke. It was a great gag and it, it functioned well. And it works, but they, you I, know, I honestly can't, pass any judgment on how well it functioned i don't have the ability to see through thor's eyes <laughs> no well apparently it's dark or at least Regardless. according to <laughs> at least according to his initial assessments but that was brilliant like i love i love his interactions with rocket i love how rocket you said rocket was the smartest more, one among them yeah and i think that's why rocket was more amenable when working with thor than say anybody else yeah because at least thor thought highly of him immediately the rabbit the rabbit <laughs> just called him a rabbit but that was brilliant like i loved when he finally got stormbreaker and they you know they appear on earth and it's thor and groot and rock oh my god and then they just I, like go full tilt i seriously sitting within that movie when when the bifrost appears 
like in that scene, I wanted to just throw my arms in the air and scream, yes! <laughs> like, <laughs> My favorite bit though is like when he jumps when okay so he they're there and they're fighting a little bit already and it's a few minutes into that scene and Thor's got Stormbreaker and he charges at whatever those things were and so, he leaps and he goes full lightning yeah, and just comes and, at him. Well and that that's what I wanted to get at because this like it it it's a total throwback to Thor Ragnarok. Yes. And I I love the line in Thor Ragnarok where he's talking to Odin and he's like, "Well, I don't have my hammer." And he's like, "Are you the god of hammers?" <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then you have that completely freaking badass scene where he loses an eye and then just completely lightnings out on fucking Hella, and then shows up on that walkway like completely encased in lightning, yeah. and just totally wipes the fucking floor with everyone. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. don't mess with me. Like, I, I am the god of lightning, and you will not live to tell about it. And that's the best part, because, <laughs> like, in... Song playing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. But here's the thing, like, when... In the beginning, so, with the original Thor, he was, like, again, I enjoy the Thor movies, both the first and the second, and the third yeah. one's growing on me as one of the absolute best of the MCU, but... 100%. He was still, in the beginning, he was one of the weaker developed characters. Yes. He really was. And then all of a I, I sudden, I think that was on purpose, though. Like they 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 built him up in the beginning of the uh, of the first Thor movie, and I don't want to yeah. get into the first Thor movie because we we've still got a, a ton to talk about. Yeah. But they built him up in the beginning of the Thor movie to be a cocky asshole. Yes. Like, and they then they built his character around coming back from that and yeah. realizing what he you know what he was supposed to do and where he was supposed to go. And and I felt like they brought him kind of full circle that way yeah. with, at, at the end of the first Thor movie. I think it helps, and, though, that it's Chris Hemsworth. I think that's what really made everybody realize that, oh, we can totally do this with this character. We can bring him full circle. Yeah, plus, he's a god. <laughs> I, he's, I mean, he's, got, he's got the range. He's got, he, can, he can do the nuances. I, I think he, Chris Hemsworth was in the right place at the right time. I don't think he's the only person that could have ever played Thor to make that work. True, but they totally but, could have had other actors who'd have ruined it. So, no, I and I I completely agree that and that's you know that's always the case though. There's always an actor that could have ruined it. Yeah. But uh, you know <laughs> how I, many how many Bruce Banners <laughs> did they go through? That's a conversation. Right. <laughs> well, but that's the thing. Like I I'm not and, and I don't mean to take anything away from Chris Hemsworth. I think he's a fantastic actor. I think he's a fantastic Thor. But I think that was more of a right place, right time for the actor than it was to try and place all of that on the actor and say that the character wouldn't be good without him. I think the character is good and has a solid foundation. You just need to find the right actor at the right time to do it. And Hemsworth obviously fit that bill. Yeah, I mean, right. just look at look at the conversation in the pod between Thor and Rocket when yeah. they're talking about what Thor has lost. Yeah, that was I mean, amazing. By the that way, that was that was a brilliant scene. And he's just going through everything that you know that's happened to him. How much he's lost. He literally has nothing left to fight for other than revenge for the most part and to appease his anger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was a brilliant I, scene. God, that was one of my. That was by far one of my favorite parts of that movie. Is when the Bifrost shows up, at, you know, in Wakanda, 
and, and yeah, the, like just just fucking Thor. And, and Stormbreaker like, flies out, starts wailing, yes. like, kicking ass, <laughs> like, and then comes back like, to him, and it's the three just of them ending everything. Like yeah, you're done. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. I will say this though, I, I was really happy to see, you know, especially in that fight sequence in at, in Wakanda, you know, Black Widow kicking ass as much as she was. Not just Black Widow, but she was with Okoye. No, and, and, exactly. Uh, but that's just oh. it. We knew that Okoye could fight. We knew that, um, you know, the Scarlet Witch, Wanda yeah. Maximoff, she could kick some ass because she's got powers. But in all okay. the other movies, Black Widow, she's been underutilized. Yeah. That was, that was one of the other things that I wanted to talk about here. And if you're familiar at all with the comics, and I'm not totally familiar, but I do know that they had an entire storyline that was based around Scarlet Witch um, called the House of M. And essentially, she, like, depowers, like, half of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, she's hugely powerful in the comics. So... And that like that's yes. that's one of the things that I thought that they kind of they missed an opportunity there. In I, you Infinity know, I, War, or previously, in it really all together, but it, but especially in in Infinity War, I I think that they especially with how they wanted to frame that relationship between her and Vision, which actually is is from the comics as well, but. I think with the fact that they wanted to push the relationship as far as they did, I, I think they they missed an opportunity to really showcase her powers. Yeah, I, I've heard that from from other other sources as well. Uh, you're you're yeah. totally right on that one. She's almost because one of the most powerful members of the yeah. She's she, one of the most powerful mutants yeah. in the Marvel universe, yes. if not arguably could, the pow- most powerful mutant. I mean, her her. Her mutant abilities essentially give her the 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 ability of the reality stone. Yes. It, in this case, it, so she really could have just completely, you know. Supposedly she could have taken Thanos. up. Yeah, she could. Supposedly she could have fought Thanos herself and beaten him. Absolutely. If, if she knew the full extent of her powers and was fully aware and cognizant and able and you know in control and, of herself, she could have beaten Thanos. Especially teamed up and with I'm not, Vision. Right, yes. and, and I'm not saying that that is necessarily the route that they should have gone. No, but I think that they they relegate her in this movie and the remainder of the movies that she's in to basically a a, a telekinetic. Yeah, you know. Well, that's the one thing I appreciated you know, about power, this movie, and that's not really what that's not really even exploring the base of her power level. True. But that's why I loved like that scene where she's supposed to be watching over Vision and then she realizes that when those big, you know, those big wheels come out of the ground, she's needed and so she goes off and fights them and they comment, you know, why did why was she left up in, you know, left up in the building? Why wasn't she out here on the front lines? Like so it was addressed like she's yeah. ultra powerful. Why did she get left behind? Why wasn't she put out front with the rest? You know, because she's hugely useful. So I'm hoping that Much that's going to happen Rogers. going forward. You know, obviously she did disappear. We're going to have to get her back. But, you know, she's, you know, at least it was addressed that she is hugely powerful. 
I love the sequence in the at the beginning of the movie when you know her and Vision are on their date and they're trying to discuss what they're doing about leaving and going back uh, to wherever they, each of them has to go, and they get into that fight uh, with the Black Order and and you know Wanda does her thing and protects Vision because he's injured and she's so badass at it. Like that was brilliant. I loved seeing it, and I love the fights in the end on the battlefield with her. Yeah, I especially love that scene where they're destroying Vision Stone. That was wonderful. Yeah. But I'm really hoping that they will get Scarlet Witch back, and I really hope they do that character justice and finally realize just how powerful she is. Because again, she is one of the more powerful members of the not only the MCU but obviously of marvel characters as far as all marvel characters go scarlet witch is one of the most powerful oh yeah so i'm hoping that they'll they'll do her justice in the end but we'll see i mean again like so many people disappeared in this too and it's just amazing to me how they're how they're going to be able to come back from this you know we were talking about the ones that that hit us the hardest but i mean just look at all the people who disappeared, like all the characters who disappeared, Wanda being one of them, and you're just like, holy shit! Like how? Like things are gonna happen. Like we know that there are going to be people returning. There has to be, if for no other reason than Spider-Man disappeared, Peter disappeared, and he has. To, yep, and Black Panther. So Black Panther needs sequels. Spider-Man needs sequels. You know, like the those are <laughs> Guardians need one more. Guardians has one more for sure. So we. Yeah. 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 But well, here's the thing. I think, Not everybody I think part has of that, to. though, is, is the, the timeline issue. Like, we, because we don't have a timeline for the Marvel Cinematic Universe that's a that's a set legitimate timeline yeah they have the ability to place these sequels that are already slated prior to the events of infinity war yeah so it's not it's not necessarily that every one of these characters is guaranteed to come back but i i would almost say that I, i would almost be willing to wager that by the end of avengers 4 or whatever you want to you know whatever, whatever it, it ends eventually up being called, called yeah that what you're going to see happen is that the majority of the characters that we've seen die in in Infinity War are going to come back and that we're going to see Iron Man and Thor and Captain America and Hulk die. Yeah. Yeah. I would like, I would I, I would think that that's, that that's way more likely yep. than to have the deaths that are that stand right now continue to stand. Yeah. But see here's the other question is because like we were talking about with Loki and Heimdall Gamora was legitimately killed, yes. at least as far as we could tell. I mean, there was. I, I just went and saw the movie for the second time today, and I was specifically <coughs> looking for these key dead. things. But she was definitely dead. She had blood. She was that's, lying I mean, in a pool of blood around her head. Soul stone. Yeah, so she had to be dead. It wasn't like Loki was killed completely. He wasn't erased from existence like everybody else was. Heimdall was killed completely. Loki was killed. Gamora was hundred percent killed. Captain America should have been 100% killed. Should have been, yeah, but wasn't, so it is what it is. Anybody so else? It, 
Captain good. America just needs to get kicked in the balls. Like, <laughs> but that's, that calls into question, like, for the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie, which, according to James Gunn, is going to be the last we'll see of the Guardians, is it going to be something that takes place before Infinity Wars? Or is it something that happens after? We don't quite know What's yet. The, do we know the release schedule? Like when does when does uh, Guardians so. of the Galaxy Volume Three come out compared to Avengers Four? Uh, Avengers Four comes out this time next year, right? And what about it's Volume Three? Volume Three would be after. Okay, so that and so that makes sense. I mean, obviously, the majority of the Guardians at this point, I would assume, are going to be revived in Avengers Four. Yeah. So their their movie taking place after Avengers four, or at least releasing after Avengers four makes sense. Yep, because like the next movie is Ant Man and the Wasp, which comes out in July. Um, and that's and then that's it until March of next year when Captain Marvel comes out. They're saying twenty twenty for Guardians three. Yeah, and then Avengers four comes out in May. Of That's next what year. I had heard also. So it's got to be yeah, it's going to be. And then Spider Man two, the sequel to Spider Man, comes out in July of twenty nineteen. God, he better be alive. <laughs> yeah, don't kill. But it comes out. I, thankfully, I, it dude, comes that, out that, after that, Avengers four. He he, and I would argue that his death was the most poignant death of that entire movie. It really did kick you in the balls. <laughs> it really did. I mean, it it was it was brilliant the way they did it. Uh and it just it really it it was it was perfect and that that's what really makes me question like did okay so here's a big topic that i wanted to bring up was uh doctor strange cuz i adore I had that the character of doctor strange also. i love doctor strange but he when they were on titan and he was checking the okay real quick before you get into that cuz i think i know where you're going yeah i does anybody else feel like they should have left the conversation that he had about the number of futures that he looked into for Avengers 4. Well, I, I, he said this is the only way. Right, and that's that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. He said, you know, he answers the question right then and there. Yeah. Like, there's only one. Yeah. Like we, I mean, we can make the assumption by the fact that he's, you know, in that stance, utilizing the time stone, that that's what he's doing. That he's looking, you know, into the future to see what kind of timelines there are. But did they did they show their hand too early in having that conversation? I don't saying think saying so. that there's only one outcome in which we win. And then all of a sudden the thing that he's been protecting the entire movie, he gives up. Well, that's just it. He, out of that many possible outcomes, was it 14 million, whatever it was, 14 million and change. Yeah. 14 million and change possible outcomes. Only one ends with them succeeding. And that's not to say that like, he doesn't say anything about they don't take losses. Yeah. That but here's the thing, he it, he already establishes in the beginning of the movie when they're in the New yeah. York Sanctum, I will not hesitate 
to let you die to pr- to protect the time stone. Yeah, and he says it again on that ship. And then all of a ship. sudden, after looking at 14 million possibilities where only one results in the Avengers winning. Yeah. Here you go. Here's the yeah. time stone. But that <laughs> makes you think him. that that's the only way, since that is the only thing that he 100% cares about doing is protecting that time stone. And then he goes and he checks the future possibilities, and he realizes that one way requires him to give up the stone, and that's the only option in which case in that and, they win. And then that's he, what I mean. He has they, to give it up. They showed their hand in that. Yeah. They shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have had the conversation where he says, we only have one way where we win. Uh, if you take that out, let, just hear me out. Yeah. If you take that conversation out, his giving up the time stone seems way more random. Yes. Yeah, it does. But I think that's what and they're trying to avoid. Much more, it has much more significance it, much more than it does yeah. now. Because you know that there's only one way that they win. You know he saw it. So him giving up the time stone has less meaning because obviously he's – Working off of yeah, he's working the off one the way that they can win. Yeah. So you know by by the fact that there's only one way that they can win, by the fact that he's already indicated that he would do anything, including letting other people die to protect the Time Stone, and the fact that he's given up the Time Stone, that they're already working on the plan in which they win. Yes. So not only have they shown their hand in the fact in saying that there's only one way that they win but we know that they're already going down that road yes true and i i don't like that well here's I the don't thing like Look that at- they've shown their hand and said we know we know that dr strange knows the way to win yep and we know that he's done something that he's already said in this movie that he would never do yes so He's obviously operating based on the plan in which they win. Correct. So we are just going to make the assumption that they win and that most of these characters are probably not going to stay dead. Well, here's the thing. There's nothing to say that nobody, that there are no casualties, that everything goes back to normal, that they succeed. That's not what I said. But that's just it. Like, he out of 14 million and change scenarios, he... He's operating under the one scenario that, you know, that they can succeed in saving or that they can beat. Apparently, it's it's succeeding in beating Thanos. Right. But, the th- but that's not but to say that nobody is, dies, that no, that there are no casualties. And I'm not, that I'm not they don't... saying that nobody dies. I'm not saying that there isn't casualties. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, is that at the end of this movie... We are already at a point where Thanos believes that he has won. Yes. So, taking a defeat for Thanos at this point literally would require the resurrection of most of these people. Uh. Because that is what Thanos' endgame was. Thanos' endgame is to erase half of the universe because... He doesn't want the universe overpopulated because the universe's resources are finite. So that that is literally his entire end game. 
We the one thing we don't so, know is how depleted is Thanos at this point. Yeah, I, and I'm I mean, not the his entire even, side is even yeah even beyond that. What I'm saying is is that we already know that Thanos has achieved what he's wanted by the end of this movie. Yes. Yeah. So, in having in in simply having the conversation where they indicate that there is only one way out of 14 million plus that they beat Thanos they've already indicated that the majority of the people that are missing or that are affected by Thanos's culling of half of the universe are going to be resurrected because okay. that's the only that that's by definition the only way that they would defeat Thanos is if he doesn't achieve what he wants. So or they're able to reverse. He's already it. he's already achieved it. Yeah. That doesn't mean that nobody dies, but that means that the majority of the people are not going to die because otherwise if more than the majority already de- are dead, then Thanos still achieves his win. Yeah, then he's then he wasn't defeated, then he wasn't beaten. True. Right. I would say that that's probably pretty fair to say, but so it, that uh, out of everything that is said in this entire movie, and I and I really did like this movie, I don't like that. I don't like that they had that conversation and said, "There's one way that we can win." Well, I think that they were just trying to give people hope, specifically so that there Why? could be that letdown at the end of the Maybe film. Maybe because what Spider-Man, but this is Spider-Man. But this eraser. is the. But this is the. This is what I'm getting at. That this is, this is the culmination of a decade of buildup to this villain. Yeah. It. We don't need hope at the end of this movie. You should leave this movie. Dejected, like Empire Strikes Back, and disappointed, <laughs> and unsure. And I'm not saying it was a bad movie. I'm saying that it would have been better to be unsure at the end of this movie. And I would argue that by saying I don't think the majority of audiences would agree with you on that. I think that they would upon seeing the second movie. And I think that's that, that's the only difference that I have is that if I was doing it, and I'm not saying that anyone would ever pay me to do it, <laughs> it because, I, because I'm, I, I'm not egotistical. I'm not saying I'm a better writer. I'm just saying that in this, in this specific case, if I was doing it, I would play the long game. Mm-hmm. I, I want you to leave this movie dejected and disappointed and unsure. I would say that I would probably be okay with that and do it as well if I knew that the follow-up was going to be within six months. But because it's a year later, I think later, it's better to leave risking, it. I, I you, feel you like you're back. You have an audience uh, at this point. You're 100% that, risking um, massive turnout. You, you dude, probably bullshit. get... You, you have probably ten, get half You have the 10 years of build-up to this movie. <laughs> yeah. 10 years. Yeah. You have a decade of build-up to this movie. The next movie that you release that is within this storyline is going to succeed because it took a shit. Like, it, if it is the worst movie ever, people are going to see it because it is the continuation. Yep. Like, and I, I think that 
if you left this movie and like I said, I'm not saying that this movie is bad by any means. I think by far this movie is the pinnacle of what the Marvel universe is cinematically has done so far. I think that if I would have walked out of this movie unsure of the future of my favorite characters, I would have been more inclined to see the next movie to know what happens. But as it stands right now, I don't even necessarily have to see the next movie because I know that they're at least going to bring back some of them. Well, I think that's something that they knew. I would I would bet because of how cognizant they've been about so many other areas of the MCU and how conscious they've been about not only spoilers but uh, Easter eggs and stuff like that that have led from one film into a next film and and what you know certain things happening in one film mean for future films and such. I feel that the filmmakers and Marvel and Kevin Feige and all everybody involved in these movies understand that the audience knows that there's going to be future movies, that there's going to be sequels of properties that haven't had sequels yet, that haven't completed their runs yet, haven't had their full three films yet. And so I would I would bet that they're running under they're operating under the assumption that the audience knows that certain characters, no matter what you do to them, they're going to come back because of the fact that they've got future properties just waiting to be made such as black panther and such as spider-man and such as the guardians i would say that i don't disagree with that statement but i think it would have been more powerful to end this movie not only with that level of doubt even though on some level i think the audience is going to know that you're going to continue with the storyline Regardless, whether you change the main character or whether the movie continues with a different direction, you know, however, I think that this movie would have been more powerful to end on a level of doubt and to not to bring in another to bring in another piece of it to not have an end credit sequence. Well, here's the thing. They weren't originally going to have any end credit sequence. They weren't going to have an end credits. They weren't going to have a mid credits. They decided last minute, relatively last minute, to create an end credit sequence. Uh, my guess is, is that when they were operating under the assumption that they were no longer going to have an end credit sequence, that they wanted that little glimmer of hope for the audience. Then when they finally decided that they were going to have an end credit sequence... That could have just as easily taken the place of that glimmer of hope sequence, such as, you know, Doctor Strange saying that there was that one possibility. Um, had they known at the time of filming that they were going to have an end credit sequence, that it, that could have been the thing that gave that little glimmer of hope, they might not have. They might have changed that entirely. They might They might have kept it the way it is now, but... They were operating under the assumption that they weren't going to have an end credit sequence or, and I'm not sure if this is true either because I've heard it both ways, that their end credit sequence was different, shorter and smaller. Here's what I would say to that, and then I'll let it go. We can certainly talk about something else. But I think this movie in particular, being that 
pinnacle movie of the decade of movies before it would have been better not only without that line but without the end credits without that sequence showing that you know he texted captain marvel without that which which needs to be said of hope that was fucking awesome it is what it is but the the I just don't regarding the Captain Marvel sequence the the Captain Marvel movie is supposed to be set in the 90s. Yep. And so major. number 1 Yep, I love that. That's my favorite part about it. If it's <laughs> if it's supposed to be set in the 90s where was she up until now? Well, here's there's there's And th- and and I'm not, I, I'm assuming that it's going to be addressed in the Captain Marvel movie. Well, or at least an end credit sequence in the Captain Marvel movie. Yeah. But I I'm I, I'm telling you and and tell me that you think I'm wrong that this movie would have been more significant. And, and like I said, I'm not saying it's bad. But you know, this is why I texted you the other day and I said I think you and I are going to have slightly different opinions on this movie. <laughs> yep. I think this movie would have been more powerful more poignant, more significant if they wouldn't have addressed that there was only one sequence in which they win and if there wouldn't have been an end, an end credit sequence. And don't get me wrong, I loved seeing Maria Hill and Nick Fury. And I'm I'm glad that they're around, but I think it would have been more powerful. And come on, you as a as a movie buff and a, you know, budding you know movie creator would this movie have not been more powerful had they not addressed that there's only one sequence in which they win and there was not an end credit sequence if the last thing that you saw in this movie was simply the credits and that slight scene where they put thanos will return if that was just the end if there was no end credit sequence and they had not had the conversation with Doctor Strange saying there's only one scenario out of 14 million plus that they win, would this movie not have had more weight? Yes. Just that, exactly. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm not saying that I would want it to, but yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it would have changed my movie experience or looking forward to it. That's the thing. Um, I see. Well, and that's too. For me, I I don't feel like it changes. I agree with you. I I agree with you. I don't think it would have changed my experience because I think this movie is amazing, and and I still would have. I I still would be planning on seeing the next movie, as I still am. I still am planning on seeing the next movie, regardless of whether or not I know in the back Mm -hmm. of my mind that. Doctor Strange is probably acting in a situation where he is playing towards the one sequence in which they win, which is why he gave up the time stone, which is something that he said that he wasn't going to do. He's a magic man. If it resulted in the death of other people, he, I mean, he that was addressed in the first 20 minutes of the movie that that's his yep. desire is to protect the, the, the time stone, and it is what it is. And even if Tony is going to die, he's not going to give it up. And then all of a sudden, hey... He gives it up because there's one situation in which they win. That's still not changing the fact that I'm still going to go see the next one when it comes out. Yeah. I think the biggest issue with that, but, though, is probably they were – they might have thought the same thing. And obviously we have no idea what the writers were thinking uh, when they were piecing everything together. But 
from a filmmaking perspective, they might have gotten cold feet thinking that if they did something like that, where that was that complete 180 by Doctor Strange about, you know, protecting and then giving up the time stone. If they had not done something that gave the audience the idea that he had a reason to give it up, not just pulled the 180 and like flip flopped, mm-hmm. you know, like they might have felt completely differently about the film. Like they might have been walking away going, that, what, what was that? Like, why did Doctor Strange just shit the bed all of a sudden? Was he scared? What was wrong with him? That's not the Doctor you know? Strange I know. And that's just it. I don't think Doctor Strange is established enough to be able to pull something like that where an audience would 100% trust him. Like, he's only had one movie, and as much as I love that movie, that's it. Like, he's had end credit sequence. He's popped up in Thor Ragnarok, which his scene was the end credit sequence of another movie. So it's not like he's really well known to the average audience member. So I just feel like from the writer's perspective, from the filmmaker's perspective, they were probably just kind of, you know, not so much hedging their bets, but, you know, at least giving themselves a little bit of a buffer against, you know, audience members who might not otherwise be fully on board with trusting that character, with trusting Doctor Strange implicitly. He's kind of a and dick smart before uh, <laughs> his hands stopped yeah. working. Exactly. Like I, he, he's a dick, and then of I course, love like that about Doctor him, Strange. I do too. I love. I absolutely loved Doctor Strange and Tony Stark playing off of each other. The wizard. It was. Yes. I, I adore watching Benjamin or uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and Robert Downey Jr. together. <laughs> apparently, Tom Holland. Apparently, Tom Holland loved being in those scenes because he just stood back and watched in awe of those two. There, there which, are a few that can really exchange barbs with. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, it's brilliant. But I think that my guess is that's what they were feeling when they, they decided to write that in. Or not maybe maybe it was just completely written in in the beginning, and that was the plan all along, and that was the idea of why they didn't pull it out after the fact. Yeah. You know, because they would have easily had the ability to pull that out in, in editing or something like that if they needed to. But, you know, my guess is that's exactly why they they went that direction with it. Um, I agree. Like I was skeptical of them doing a post credit sequence. I loved it. I, I loved the 1990s style pager. Oh yeah. And it, you know, taking forever to connect and then, you know, give the, uh, the captain Marvel logo. That was brilliant. So can I say, I, I will say one thing on this. And we'll see what happens, obviously, because none of us actually know. But I think, and this is not necessarily an original thought either, but I would argue that there's an argument to be made for, at the very least, Avengers 4 not having an end credit sequence. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would agree with that one because you're you're talking whatever, about going into a completely new phase and right. Whatever the phase twenty five, whatever the outcome is of Avengers four, I I would argue that the best way to go about the end of that movie is to end it at the credits. 
Yeah. And have that be the one Marvel movie at that time that does not have a mid credits or end credits sequence. Yeah. Or or have it be like the first Avengers movie where the end credits or the post credits doesn't foretell about any new movie. Maybe it's exactly like the Avengers where that post credits was them all no, sitting in the shawarma shop I, eating. And, and mm-hmm. as much Together. as I liked that sequence, I, I think, and, and obviously we'll, you know, I'll have, I may have a different opinion once I see the movie, but I, I think personally that regardless of the way that they decide to end Avengers four, it should be an ending. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing too, is since we know that Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth are not returning after Avengers four, it could potentially be a send off. It could potentially be, I get, I, I agree. Like I don't feel like it's necessary to have one at the end of that. But movie, this is, but. and that's, that's exactly what I'm getting at though, is that if they want to have a send off, that's fine, mm-hmm. but have it as part of the movie. Well, it might take up a little you know, bit of... It might not play well with the story. It might not... I, I, it I don't care. Make it, really it play depends. well with the story. <laughs> if you want to... I, I mean, honestly, the, I mean, this is from... The, this is directly from the heart of a fan. Make it play with the story. If what you want is a send-off, then give them a send-off. Yeah, it just... It we're, really we're does depend fault, on what's going to happen We're not going to fault you for that. Yeah. Punch a Nazi. Give them a send-off. Punch a Nazi. Get, you know, give, you them, give them a good... Yeah, you know, give him a good death. Yeah, just yeah. like what like, happened with Loki the, and Hanno. And the send off doesn't need to be an end credit sequence. The send off can be part of the movie. Yeah, it depends but on what they do. When with you're it. when you're when you're completely shifting, which is really what's going to happen at the end of Avengers Four, they're shifting into a brand new phase, and not only really even a brand new phase, they're they're shifting really. Uh, unless they, uh, unless these characters decide to re-up their contracts, they're shifting into a brand new era of characters. Yeah. Make the send-off part of the movie. Yeah. End that movie with a finale and make it unique. Yeah. I I don't have any issue with the mid credits and end credits sequence. I don't care if you have if you want to continue that moving forward with the new phase of the movies. But end of Avengers 4 at the end of the movie. When the credits run, that should be the end of the movie. Yeah. No mid-credits, no end-credits sequence. Let it run. Yeah, I'm only concerned... I agree, like, I feel like that would be the best thing to do, for sure. But my concern is, knowing that Chris Hemsworth, this is his final run as Thor... Like, I feel like they're more inclined to kill off Steve Rogers in Avengers 4. Yeah. Whereas with Chris Hemsworth, because he's Thor, you're less likely to kill him off and more likely to have him pass the torch. And I feel like that would probably play better in an end credit sequence than in the final minutes of the film. You know? So I don't know. Again, this is this is all just you know spitballing, speculation, things we'd like to see, but who knows? Why? Why? Why do you think it would play better in an end credit sequence? Because you're that's a that's a entirely separate story. 
That has But that's a completely nothing. poignant portion of, of the character. Yeah, but here's the thing. If you're the new like, Thor if, if is gonna... not gonna be human. The new Thor <laughs> has who? to be the comics. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yes, it does. Jane Foster is Thor. She's human. Was Jane Foster? I thought it was somebody I thought it was an Asgardian. No. Jane Foster became Thor. I thought it was something else. Uh, someone nope. else. I knew it was female. I just didn't realize it was Jane Foster. I thought it was it was, it was another Jane Asgardian. Foster became Thor. Okay, well then maybe they could play it into the to the film itself. That might be that might be enough then, if that's the way they're going to go with it. If they're going to pass the torch the at the end of the film. I mean, Jesus! If you're going to pass the torch of Thor, why relegate that to an end credit sequence? Well, I just feel like him leaving. To pass the torch to go find a worthy successor, but if yeah, if you're if you're right, and I do believe you that it's it's Jane Foster, then he wouldn't have to. He would be able to stay there the end because presumably the end of the Infinity Wars and their battle and them coming back or whatever is going to take place on Earth, as opposed to Titan or any place else. You know, more than likely it's going to end on Earth, and if that's the case, then yeah, have it have it be at the end of the film, passing of the torch, and then he can go and do whatever he's going to do. He can go fuck off. <laughs> he can go live a normal yeah. life, I guess. Something, whatever he's, you know, try to find his people that are scattered elsewhere in the universe or something, whatever. And but settle uh, in Norway. Yeah, <laughs> something like he could he could totally do that if that's the case. But again, this is all speculation about what Avengers yeah. Four is going to be. Anyway, I'm just. So, go ahead. I just, I'm I'm more, like, I hate to speculate about Avengers 4 just because even though it's been shot and it's coming out in a year's time, I would much rather focus on uh, my energies towards what's going to happen with Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel. Those are the two, well, like, looking Ant-Man forward. Ant-Man and the Wasp is not going to reference... Avengers Infinity War. No, because the events are supposed it takes to be in, in, in a different timeline. No, it technically, well, I don't know. Well, it's, it's supposed the same to be timeline. It's, it's just a different time. Well, it's supposed to lead up to. It's supposed to be the events of right, Ant Man and the Wasp not, to lead up to the days of Infinity War, but they're out. Right, they're away. But it, they're it's gone. not. It, yeah. it, it does not. It doesn't happen after. Feature that time. Yeah. It definitely doesn't happen after Infinity War, for sure. So we know that. We know that much. But it's just it, it is what it is. It's separate from Infinity War. It's supposedly it's going to explain potentially why uh Ant Man wasn't involved in Infinity War at all. Uh why he wasn't in Wakanda, why they didn't get a hold of him, why he wasn't at least in New York or anywhere else. Um But therein lies, you know, better you know, the better place for speculation is what's gonna happen with Captain Marvel. Because again, Captain Marvel is one of Marvel's big guns. Because let's face it, Captain Marvel is one of the heavy hitters of the Marvel Universe. She just is. She, she in and of itself, really she powerful. could... Yeah, she could ultimately take on Thanos and destroy him. But she's, she's not there. So why? You know, like, there's a bunch of speculation out there. My personal theory is that since the Captain Marvel movie takes place in the 90s, and because she hasn't shown up in any other Avengers movie or in any other disaster... I, I'm going to just put it out there now. My guess is she somehow uh, leaps frog forward in time from the end of the Captain Marvel movie in the 90s into the 20-teens. I think it's probably a good good guess. Yeah. 
they somehow are able to grab her and the other theory that i've been seeing online is the fact that she's off world somewhere and has to return yeah i i think that's probably fairly logical too i think it would just be more interesting if they were able to do that if she went through the entire events of captain marvel of that movie and then she gets the call from nick fury or the page as it were and she is somehow able to leap forward in time to meet up with him and help out. And so she just bypasses. So she just literally we know nothing about her. She's not been an Avenger. She was never part of Fury's original plan for the Avengers. Literally nothing. Because she's either off world or she leaps forward in time. One or the other. Yeah, it makes so sense. That really, yeah, because I mean, I think that. That would explain why she's the same age, probably, from the 90s with uh, what she'll be in uh, Avengers 4. Because she will be in Avengers 4, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But I think those are probably the two most logical storylines that they could go with for the character. But I just, that's what I'm hoping for in Avengers 4 is the fact that they, they pull her forward in time or somehow call her back. But if she's called back, why use an old 1990s style pager? Why couldn't it be something more intricate that's why i like the time jump theory because they used a pager to get a hold of her in the past an old piece of tech and you if you looked really closely at that pager while it was connecting on the ground that thing was beat to shit yeah yeah you know I'm like i'm surprised it didn't have a cracked screen <laughs> but it really was i mean it, it was beat to shit it was old and it was an old pager too which makes me feel like had she just been off world somewhere, they would have had some other more intricate piece of technology that would have been able to send a message further out into space. But, you know, it being a pager, because it's an old 1990s style, late 1990s style pager, I feel like it's sending a message back in time and she's somehow going to leapfrog forward, which yeah. could be ridiculously cool for Avengers 4. It could be, I think it probably was just going to happen. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, that's not something that they've really played with yet in It's about time. In the MCU. Yeah, they've not played with time travel at all, except for Captain America being frozen. Yeah. But that's it. He was frozen. It wasn't like he actually leapt forward. He just was frozen. So, I don't know. We'll see. Any theories, Kukla? I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to think about it yet. I. I. I didn't get when when I initially saw the pager. I didn't initially associate it with an older device. Oh yeah, the thing was beaten up. Like, I, well, I, I. I'm not saying it wasn't beaten up. I'm saying I, when I when I saw it, it didn't look like an old device to me. Oh, okay. Maybe it was a device that. He was using to communicate with old technology, but it didn't look yeah. like an old device. Oh, it was so, definitely an old pager. I mean, buttons and all. Those buttons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that's what I specifically was looking for when I saw the movie again today. Because, okay. like I, you, I, I didn't really... You, you've seen it twice. I've seen yeah. it once. It's well, not, the second not, time, the I'm first time, that I, 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 caught I saw it the way you saw it. I, did, I wasn't really paying that close of attention. But those were the questions I had for the second viewing, and I was specifically looking to see how, if it was specifically a pager, you know, if it was like one of those old StarTag pagers or any of the other ones, what type it was, if it was 
like you said, a, a completely different type of device. I just I didn't remember it enough because I was specifically looking at the screen and the message the first time I saw it. The second time, I knew what the message was going to be. I wanted to see the other details about the device. It was a pager, an old 1990-style pager with a whole bunch of junk added onto it. <laughs> that was like Well, and I guess that's that's what I'm getting at with it is that I'm not saying it didn't look like a pager. I'm saying there was more technology that was there. Yeah. So whatever that means, it's not set that it's, you know, necessarily a time jump issue, but I I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't rule that out. Yeah. I just feel like if it was, we won't, we won't know until the Captain Marvel movie comes out. True. I just feel like if it were a a subspace or a, a deep space communications device, They'd have something for that it wouldn't look in like modern technology. Yeah, that wouldn't look like an old 1990s stuff. It wouldn't be beat to shit the way it was. You know, that's well, all. And, and this, is, this is one of those things. And I certainly would not anywhere near pretend to be as good of a, let's call it a story collector as... Kevin Feige, mm-hmm. but I I wonder. <laughs> yeah, I, you know I I want to see what happens with the Captain Marvel movie. I yeah. I think it looks relatively decent from what I've seen, and I'm certainly not going to pass judgment until I've seen it. Yep. Um, you know, for those of you that know Captain Marvel and her powers. I I think it's, you know, she's similar in, in power level to, you know, Superman that way. And we'll see what happens. Yeah. I, you know, that that's one of those things that, especially with the ending of Infinity War and erasing half of the universe, I think... To, to throw that into an end credit sequence and have that be who he contacts at that point. Well, see, oh, you know I what? have a you, little bit of an issue with that. You bring up a really great point right there. You though. you want to? I, I think more than anything, they're trying to establish hope in yeah. a hopeless situation. Yeah, that's exactly and. What it was. I, I take that the other direction and go I, I think you I think you detract from the rest of your movie by doing that. Well, here's the other thing I that I appreciated about well, you said that and you brought up the point that uh, as they were disappearing, as um, you know, Nick Fury is disappearing, he he connects the device or he attempts to connect the device and send out that signal and you know, send the message to Captain Marvel as he's disappearing. So as half of the universe, as half of all life in the universe is disappearing, he's potentially trying, well, he's trying to contact Captain Marvel, but here's the question. If Captain Marvel is in the same time as the movie's taking place, she she would be subject to the same disappearances. Yep, she has the same 50-50 chance or whatever the hell the odds are of disappearing just like anything else. 
if he somehow connects to the past to get her, she's guaranteed to be there if they have a way of getting her to leapfrog forward in time. So even if she somehow disappears in their current timeline, he's getting her from the past. Which is why I like that idea a little bit more now. <laughs> but So, and, and I think, and, and this is exactly what I was getting at when we talked the other day. <laughs> I think I think that's why I like it less. I think it, it wasn't I, I don't I don't, I, I don't think it was saying, necessary to have to to do the end credit sequence. I just I just because of what well, it was, I enjoyed even it. Even outside of the end credit sequence, I, I I have trouble with pinning this all on one character. And don't get me wrong, I, I'm I'm fully understanding that, you know, in the you know Infinity War timeline within the comics, that it you know a lot of it came down to Adam Warlock and yeah, and what that was, but I I think they could have gone another direction, at least with a level of misinformation that would have been better and more powerful and more significant than what they did and and i i'm not like i said i'm not trying to say that i'm not going to see the movie when it comes out i'm I'm certainly interested in in how they move things forward but i i feel like if they go the route that they've seemed to have telegraphed that i'm going to be more disappointed with the second movie than i am with the first Mm. and that makes me sad. Yeah, I don't know. I I just feel like, uh, Grant, I I I don't want to see everything fall on one person's shoulders either. So I'm I'm like you on that fact. I don't want to see them place the you know the one thing that's going to save half the universe happens to be Captain Marvel. I don't I don't want to see that. I certainly don't think that that's the way they're going to go either because of the fact that you have Thor still. You have the original Avengers, technically. So you have Thor, and Thor is pretty much at full strength right now. He's at full power. He has the ability to take out Thanos as is. The problem is, what do you do once you take him out? He just aimed poorly. Yeah. <laughs> and he it's true. It's, he didn't know that that's what, you know, that he had the stone. He didn't realize that he had all six stones at that point. He didn't know because he was off doing, you know, fighting uh, away from them at that point so okay give him the benefit of the doubt he just didn't know but you know that he's going to oh, be furious too yeah well it's not that he couldn't have done something it's just that he didn't know that he needed to do the thing the, the heat of battle you know yeah it is what it is but i feel like because thor still exists because he didn't disappear you have him at minimum as your heavy hitter you still have hulk which yes he is disenfranchised right now and scared and being a baby but that could get (laughs) resolved i have a feeling so you have the two of them being able to fight side by side and then all of a sudden now you're going to be throwing in captain marvel into the mix and now you've got three heavy hitters to go up against thanos and thanos already thinks that he's won because he has technically so, I feel like we've got 
we've got a good idea of what could potentially go down in Avengers 4 or what some of the possibilities are anyway because it is the original Avengers going uh you know going and fighting back with some additions um but yeah and I mean I personally liked the end credit sequence if only because of the fact that it did it was an awesome little teaser for Captain Marvel and I'm really excited about that movie uh but agreed it it wasn't necessary it, it like I said I it's splitting hairs it is. I it's don't absolutely. Split I don't hairs. think that it was necessary to have an end credit sequence in this movie. Yeah, I I don't have an issue necessarily with what they did. I will have more of an issue if they put an end credit sequence in the next movie, especially yeah. if they kill off you know some of the original Avengers. I'll say this yeah. too: it does show some maturity that it was not particularly funny, save. Nick Fury dropping a motherfucker without the, <laughs> finishing the uh, the syllables there, but it wasn't I, I almost think comedic. that's more Samuel L. Jackson than yeah. than what they really wanted. Yeah, you know, I I I, th- I think that's almost probably in his contract somewhere. <laughs> He's got to say every it once. movie that I'm going to be in, I'm going to drop a motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> boy, I could really see that guy going on a rant about people being erased from the universe. Boy, he. I'm just... <laughs> Just going on and on, motherfucker this, motherfucker that. But, <laughs> you know, it wasn't yeah. particularly a... F- Most of them were kind of funny, you know? It, well, and you know what? You know what bothers me about the end credit sequence in this movie more than anything? Is that I think it takes away from the death of so many of the other Marvel characters. Yeah, you might have a point there. I mean... I, it, well, you, Especially the fact that they've, they've made... You know, kind of a special attempt here to give a heartstring pulling environment to the death of Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. And then you have Nick Fur- Nick Fury disappearing into the ether, saying "motherfucker." <laughs> like After it's the it, well, and it's not that that's not a Nick. You know, it's it's not that it's, it's not a Samuel Jackson thing. It's it, it's totally fine. But my biggest problem with it is that it takes away from the poignancy of other characters' deaths. Yeah. Or other characters disappearing as we know it now. Well, yeah. I mean, let's call call a spade a spade. I mean, this is deaths of these other characters. Whether or not they're revived, this this is the death of these other characters. Well, see, here's the other thing that I question, too. And it it takes away from the significance of that. Well... And here's when a, you have, I have Samuel an issue. Jackson ending his death as motherfucker. <laughs> well, I have an issue with calling them deaths because technically nobody, we don't know whether or not they're dead. And here's the thing too: when okay, when Doctor Strange gave the, up the, the time stone, he didn't have it in his amulet. He had it in he had it probably in an alternate dimension, like a pocket dimension. Or he took that. it directly out of the amulet. Yeah. No, he didn't. He had yes, it. Did. No, it appeared in his hand. It wasn't in the amulet. Okay. Thanos grabbed the amulet, crushed it, and revealed there was nothing in it. Yes, he I had it that. hidden. Oh, so God. he pulls it out of the ether, <laughs> and when he pulls it out of the ether, he basically hands it to Thanos. There's nothing to say that he didn't enchant the stone, the time stone, some way when he did that. Just like he had enchanted the amulet 
so that it wouldn't open and that nobody would be able to open it. Okay. You know, it's possible that something happened, I, that Doctor Strange I'm not gonna knew say that there was a impossible. plan. But that's it just it. It's certainly possible. It, if he if he did but, that, because he had the possibility to do that, because he could have done it, it's the possible. Intention, the intention, obviously, is to say that these characters are dead. Yes. That they've For been all we know, they're they've dead. been erased from is, existence. Because that is what Thanos' goal was. Yes. But it's also... And because of that, Samuel L. Jackson, as much as I love Samuel L. Jackson, him ending the movie in an end credit sequence, getting cut off saying motherfucker, takes away from the significance of the deaths of the other characters. Didn't Samuel L. Jackson play a character maybe in a movie called Kingsman where he was a bad guy that was kind of obsessed with, uh, you know, lowering the population? Yes, and he had okay. a horrible lisp, and that brought the entire movie down. Yes, <laughs> just just checking. Uh, <laughs> but see, here's here's my argument. There is just simply the fact that because we aren't a hundred percent certain that everybody is supposedly dead, and then they have to be resurrected. If Doctor Strange was able to do something to the Time Stone, and if he did, and if it worked, then it's potentially possible that people weren't killed they were Put simply somewhere. shifted elsewhere in the universe or elsewhere in time or just elsewhere i think that's the most likely scenario I, but it's, it's and therefore they're not saying, i'm gonna say not... right now that if that is the storyline that they go with it's lazy as shit i think it's probably what's gonna end up being but i yes i would agree I, with that I, sentiment I, I, but I'm not at the same necessarily time. i'm not necessarily disagreeing with you yeah but i i i will tell you right now i will be sadly disappointed if that's the storyline they go with well this is this is a movie where you know thanos could punch captain america right in the face a bunch of times and not kill him for some reason so yeah anything goes yeah and that's that's my biggest fear too and that's why i hate to say because i have zero issues with everybody being you know them being disappeared is the same as them being dead but them being shifted into an alternate section of the universe, a pocket dimension, into another time period, whatever, is a significant difference. I would I would agree I don't like the idea nearly as much as them being disappeared or dead. I don't feel like that's that big of a difference. I don't feel it's enough. I feel that if they're just shifted in time or something like that, you're I'll right, say, it's a I'll little say lazy. Disappeared. But that's why I say disappeared, because I don't know if no. they're technically dead or not. They're just not... They were supposedly erased from existence. But that's not to say that they can't necessarily be brought back into existence. But they obviously existed at some point previously. It's not like their material wasn't there. Yeah. And people definitely... And so they obviously weren't erased from existence to the point that they never existed. It's that from that moment going forward, they're gone. Like, they're ash. They're just the base elements of whatever their bodies were. They're gone. They're not just dead. They're just gone. But everybody remembers them. All the photos, all the videos, everything like that of them still exists. That was, that was the end goal. Yeah. But that's why I feel like... I still feel like it's not necessarily a detraction from them disappearing when somebody else disappears. Like when uh, Fury disappears and says, motherfucker. Like it's, I don't feel like it's a detraction as much. Because I don't feel okay. like they're 100% dead. Okay. So. Uh, 
now we're just with you. Yeah, it's fine though. We're splitting I, and, and, hairs and now. The, it really and is. And that's the thing. That that's exact. And this is exactly what I was talking about the other day. This is <laughs> we why absolutely I didn't want to knew. talk about it the other day. This is why I wanted to talk about it today. Yep. I I you and I disagree on this movie, and it's okay. Yeah. Everybody's going to disagree on this I, movie. It's their own perspective. Yeah. I. That there is, there is a part of me that will not let go that this movie would have been better had a few <laughs> things be changed. Yeah. And I, like I said, I don't, I don't think this movie was bad by any means. Yep. I think it was great. I loved it. But there are a few things within this movie that bother me. And... It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. not the only one who feels that way. I mean, it's getting it's getting amazing reviews right now. It's at a nine point zero on IMDb out of ten. Uh, I didn't check what their Rotten Tomato score is, but I'm sure it's way up there. But the funny thing is, the initial uh, audience feedback from the test screenings and stuff like that uh, came back. Some people, the majority of people, obviously really liked it. But it wasn't to say that there wasn't the same amount of people who absolutely diehard loved it and the same amount of people going, there was stuff wrong with it. You know, having those opinions where they felt that there was, um, you know, either continuity errors or mistakes or they just didn't like something, little errors or whatever about the film. There was there was a lot of that. And, of course, that's always going to happen with a movie of this size because you're trying to appeal to millions, maybe even billions of audience members. Yeah. And that's ridiculously hard to do, obviously. And all you can hope to do is make the best movie you're capable of making and hope that your audience at least respects your effort and enjoys it and has as minimal amount of gripes as possible. I mean, well, when you're trying to appeal to that many people... Hey, if, if Star-Lord didn't get in the mix, we wouldn't even have this discussion anyway, because yes, we'd have one dead Thanos at that point. <laughs> yeah, and that's, and that's the thing that we, we always will come back to about this movie, and I 100% agree. I saw it coming a mile away. Yeah, well, as you soon could, as you knew it was yeah, going that way, but exactly. I mean, you had to because the way everything was going with and here's the thing with everybody losing or everybody getting the shit kicked out of them or everything happening the way it was and fully knowing that there was going to be a follow up film, you knew that Thanos was going to have to be either on the cusp of winning or winning, and the way that they were beating him at that moment. You know, being able to pull the uh, gauntlet off and all of that, he, like, there had to have been something that was going to kick him back a few notches. Mm-hmm. And then just catapult him forward. Like, that's the way that most of these movies are are basically structured. Well, he's a so we head. knew that that was company, you know? that We knew that was company. Uh, I, and I don't disagree that I knew that that was company. Yeah, it's just, it, it's it's a trope. It's it's something that's so common in movies. Uh, you, you had to know it was coming, especially if you were aware of what was to come in the movies themselves and in the Marvel and the MCU. So it wasn't a surprise necessarily. Um, but it's just like, yeah, we're, I have zero issues uh, 
you know, acknowledging the fact that Star Lord screwed up and that he he's the reason why. I'm not. I, I'm not at all shifting from my position yeah. that half of the universe is destroyed because of Star Lord, and he needs to shoulder that guilt. Yeah, because they had Thanos. They had him. They had the gauntlet off. All it would have yeah. taken was a it, few more seconds. Was off. One of them gets the gauntlet if off, and they fly not... the fuck away. Right. And Thanos if can't he, get if it. If he had waited thirty seconds. Yeah. To, to have his fucking meltdown and smack Thanos in the face, yeah. that gauntlet would have been off his hand, away from him to the point that he couldn't grab it. Yeah, and I completely but understand. No, he had to break down like a fucking teenage girl yeah. and fucking smack him yeah. in the face, and Thanos had yeah. the ability to come back to reality and grab the gauntlet and be done. Yeah, and I completely understand where Peter was coming from. Like, er, nope. Quill, Star-Lord. I understand that he was furious and he was heartbroken and all of these things, but yeah, I mean, come Wait on. Wait half a minute, asshole. <laughs> and all I'm saying is, as far as the story is concerned, it was kind of, okay, saw it coming, it was kind of predictable. It is what it is. I get it. I'm not going to complain that they did it. But at the same time, I feel like, yeah, he needs to shoulder that blame going forward. Is that he well, screwed and I, up and like I that? And I think it's, I think that is a perfect place to launch the story for Guardians 3. Yes, I, I agree. Like, that would be amazing if they did I, that I for Guardians 3. I think he needs 3. to shoulder that responsibility. I yep. think he needs to feel that guilt. And I think we need to see that as an audience and yeah. if it's, to reconcile that. Because he literally has sacrificed half of the universe for his little for half his ounce booty of call yeah, for his extended universal booty I, call. That's what it is. Yeah. I mean, let's call a spade a spade. He's sacrificed half the universe for his booty call. Yeah, which he loves. He did say it, but still, I, who fucking cares? Yeah, I mean, yeah. and that's Dude, what I'm hoping half is, is the universe in for Avengers year, four. You know, Five minutes a sec. Yeah, just to, just to kind of wrap up this it. whole conversation, Avengers four. Yeah, if, they make, <laughs> if they don't totally make if they don't make Star Lord acknowledge and hold himself to account for screwing up that royally, that's that's hey, that's that's oh, a missed opportunity. Right I, there. I will be extremely disappointed if they don't if they gloss over it. Use Tony Stark specifically to castrate star lord yeah in avengers 4 if nothing else because of the poignancy of spider-man's death in yes. that movie yeah absolutely i mean it'll take bringing star lord back but as soon as he's back he needs Don't to get care. kicked in the well, nuts as soon That's as all. he's he back, comes he back he <laughs> drax will come back and as he's getting eviscerated drax will lighten things up with some jokes uh, probably but right. still but that's it. You know, I mean, there's so much more to come. We cannot wait for more movies. And obviously, we could be talking about this film for another two hours, but we won't bore you all with yeah, our opinions. Yeah, let's get some more. So, go see the movie again if, you, if you've only seen it once. As far as I'm concerned, we need to make this like another minute and a half so that we hit that two-hour mark. Because I think that pushes... Uh... <laughs> I think that pushes the longest episode we've had. Easily. Is there one other tiny little nugget... That you guys want to add that you can think of? I think Shuri's going to have a big, a big role to play in the future. 
I hope so. I really uh, that was. I, I, I would say that's probably I my really biggest think disappointment. That she, she is was the too logical small. Iron Man successor. She did something. Not necessarily as Iron Man, but as the, the brains technical as the technical technological push forward. Yeah, she's smarter than Bruce, and she's smarter than Tony. She's she's going to be the tech person. And going she has forward. more raw, you know, more resources. <laughs> and, and, yeah, more resources, well, more and materials. I, and I think you've hit on. We don't necessarily have to to have a conversation about it right now, um, but I think you've hit on one of the things that we didn't actually get to discuss tonight, which was the you know reclusiveness of the Hulk. Yeah. Um, and that is a, that's going to be a whole. I think there's a whole other storyline there that, you know, to be totally honest, and and, and as much as I I like to rib the uh, the Incredible Hulk and Hulk, which I don't even think Hulk is actually a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I know the Incredible Hulk is, yeah, Hulk um, isn't. even though it's with Ed, Edward Norton. <laughs> um, I I think I think Mark Ruffalo deserves his time in the sun. Uh, in a standalone Hulk movie, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if they'll ever do that. But at the same time, no, I, I don't. They're developing I, I don't know a Black Widow movie, either, so but I think Mark, I think Mark Ruffalo deserves it. Yeah, he does. He, he absolutely is. does. That's good. That's job. true. So, but that's it from us. Uh, like I said, we could totally keep going, but it's two hours in, so we're we gonna wrap it. this thing up. Yeah. Go see the movie if you Yay. haven't seen it yet. Uh, you'll love it. We guarantee it. And if you've already seen it, see it again so you can pick up some more of the little details. Put me in that category. Yeah. And then, yeah, we will. Uh, I would love to see it. We again, got more but coming. I probably up. won't until it's on video. Yeah, we got we got so many more amazing movies coming up. We got this month alone. We got uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. Oh yeah, it is um, May. <laughs> yeah, um, and we can't forget that next month we have Incredibles two, which has been fifteen years in the fucking. Oh my week. god, oh my it's god, been it so long. Awesome. We've needed that movie for so long. But yeah, and then Ant Man and the Wasp. So tons of great movies coming up. It's gonna be an awesome summer. But that's it. We're out Yay, of here. Yay, shrinky movies. Yeah, we're out of here. Say goodnight, fellas. Good night. <laughs> Good night, fellas. See you, peoples. All right, that's it from us. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. As always, be sure to like, subscribe, follow. We are on the Facebook and the Twitters, so check us out there. We will see you guys in the next episode.